Would you like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. Things are wrong with Rob Zombie. Because every song in, in this movie is terrible. <laughs> I'm never ready for songs. Steven. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Die for me, living dead girl. It's funny because I don't even know the words. <laughs> huh? I don't even know the words, but I listen to the song. That's like the, listen... song's... <laughs> the song Super Beast that was on, apparently on Spotify, it was on the Valentine soundtrack. But, um, I don't remember hearing it. Super Beast by Rob Zombie. Been listening to that song for years. Couldn't tell you the words. <laughs> With Living Dead Girl, I like the subliminal seduction mix. That's my go to version. I actually heard that one the first time like an hour ago. I was trying to find the song to play for this episode. That's the version that they played on Angel. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, welcome to another edition. Santa Vera After Dark. This is episode 53. Mm. I'm Jeremy Melton. I'm Stephen Strange. <laughs> Strange? Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh. I couldn't think of a character that has my name. <laughs> I, I was... Mine fits because it's the... Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> uh, t- today we will be discussing the 2001... Uh, slasher film Valentine, directed by Jamie Blanks, who you might know from uh, Legend and uh, <laughs> then like a whole bunch of uh, to nothing. But um, <laughs> I, I think Urban Legend is the probably the better movie of the two. Yeah, but, um, they're both very much. Uh, very much scream ripoffs. Um, yeah. So, so what do we think of Valentine, Stephen? Well, I think early two thousands horror hits different. But yeah, we we should also say that this uh, <laughs> this movie stars uh, Denise Denise Richards, uh, David Boreanaz, uh, Mary mm. Shelton, uh, Catherine Heigl, a, a bunch of actresses that. <laughs> look the same, which was probably my biggest issue with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I, I agree with uh, 2000s horror. It was a 
it's a different beast, you know. <laughs> like there were signs of signs of it in like some of the '90s movies, but I feel like the early 2000s horror movies aged the worst. Yeah. Oh, a Valentine is actually a uh, a novel that was uh, <laughs> was uh, published before the movie came out, obviously. So I don't know exactly how much of the movie is taken from the book. Uh-huh. But um it like it, it seems like whoever wrote this movie, which I was baffled when I saw that there were four screenwriters for this movie because <laughs> it's such a <laughs> it's such a simple plot. And yeah. um, they had they had four screenwriters take this idea from a novel <laughs> and just make it similar to uh, to Scream. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a made-for-TV version of Scream. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad. It's enjoyable. It's just, like, like stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's one of those horror movies where you can just like shut up and uh, I mean, well, I guess you probably shouldn't shut up, but you could put it on in like a, a group a group setting, you know. Yeah. Um, just laugh at it. Um, it's it. That's pretty much all you can do. Yeah. Um. I had a, I had a similar experience. Hmm watching uh, Sleepaway Camp for the first time last year mm. and The Town of the Dreaded Sundown where like you know the movies you're watching are not like flawless masterpieces yeah but you know they're they're they're, they're fun you know um, those movies though mm. I mean those Sorry. movies are definitely a lot better than <laughs> That than this movie, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's uh like I do have problems with it, um, which I will talk about when we walk through it. But it's um, it's uh, it's it's no mystery why the Cupid Killer did not uh, come a uh, a slasher movie icon. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Loki reminded me of. The baby killer on Happy Death Day. Yeah, me too. Um, and I guess Cupid is, is Cupid like a baby? Is that his thing? I think so. Yeah. In, in the urban legend or whatever, is he a baby? I guess so. Yeah, but the baby in Happy me. Death Day is definitely a lot, a lot better than than what we got going on here. Yeah. But um, I'm actually surprised it didn't spawn at least a sequel. Because even like, I know what you did last summer spawned multiple sequels. Yeah. And Urban Legend spawned, Ugh. I think, two sequels. <laughs> um, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I just think this was like, um. This was like at the end of the of this type of slasher movie. Uh-huh. 
was released in 2001. And if I didn't know that, I would very much think it was released in like 1997 because yeah. that's like what this style of movie, this style of horror movie was for like five or six years. And when they do that now, or make movies feel like that nowadays, like, you know, Happy Death Day, Freaky, and stuff like that, it's always like a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, these, these are like serious versions of them. For the most part, it, like, it's the pretty... style's so cool, and you can still do it now, but you'd have to add comedy to it. Yeah, and not make it fully serious. Yeah, it like you said, it just feels like like a TV movie. Like this would be on the CW or something. Yeah, or Lifetime. But um, yeah. So th- this is currently at a twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. No. Um. I recently followed the director Jamie Blanks on Twitter who he made Urban Legend and he made this so like he he does have some talent. Yeah. Um I think this was his last movie though. But he had to address that they uh that they were not going to make a, a sequel or that they <laughs> have no no plans to make a sequel of this <laughs> 21 years later. <laughs> he had, he had to address that you no know, as of right now there's no movement on a on a sequel for Valentine, because we were looking for it. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I think in so this was two thousand one, and then in two thousand two, The Ring came out, and that just like changed the landscape of horror. Because then, like America was remaking a bunch of Japanese horror films. Yeah, like got The Ring. Um, Pulse was one, The Grudge. Then, once that died out in like 2005 or six, we were in a remake craze. So mm-hmm. this was this was at the end of that whole like CW slasher genre. Um, I think this was even after Scream Three. So we were definitely at the end mm-hmm. of, of like that whole era because. This genre should have should have died when Scream Three was done because it's like because Scream Three wasn't even that good. Yeah, because it got chopped because of uh, Columbine, and it's like people realized that uh, yeah, teenagers dying are not funny. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we can. Uh, we can go through the plot a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll address. We'll we'll address some things we like, some things we don't like. Um, uh, probably my main problem, like I, I already said, would be that we got like four actresses that look pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, I kept having to check IMDb to <laughs> make make sure that I was writing the right name down because. I think it's um I think it's Kate, Dorothy, and Lily. They all look the same. Mm-hmm. And um then there's like uh Shelly, who was put by Catherine Heigel, who died pretty early. She was like the only one with 
different color hair than anyone else. I think I think Denise Richards had a different color hair too. Yeah, Paige was brown hair. Yeah, but um, yeah, th- those three. It's like I just I just had a hard time trying to uh, trying to decipher who was who. <laughs> yeah, but um, so we open with a uh, red Warner Brothers logo because uh. Ominous. You know, it's Valentine's Day. Um, and it's horror. <laughs> yeah, so. So. This montage was. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed this issue. But. The, the montage is, is strange as we're as we're opening because it's like an opening credit situation. Where. Um, it's like introducing know the main characters yeah and what happens is they show like um like they'll show denise richards as a as a child like mm-hmm. an actual like an actual picture of denise richards as a child and then it's like okay that's page then when they sh- when they show page as a child it's like a, obviously a different actress because they don't have Denise Richards as a child. Yeah. So it's like they are like they're telling you that this like this is this is Denise Richards as a child, and then they show a totally different actress as Denise Richards as a child. <laughs> so like it, it's it's very hard to even like cipher who's who is who. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. And the other thing, so there's like notes on the yearbook montage of like whoever owns the yearbook is like writing over the names and being like oh, I hate you and whatever. Yeah. Now I took this as this being Jeremy Melton's yearbook. Yeah, that's what I would assume. But we come to learn that Jeremy Melton was sent to like a reformatory school. So this couldn't have been his yearbook. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so it's like they, they, he got they his made... copy. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> he got his copy early. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's like they they made the entire movie and then like as they were editing it, they were like this would be a a cool montage to open up on. But it, ma- but it makes no sense <laughs> in the context of the rest of the movie. I didn't even notice that. Um, I just thought of it as I was like, like once you get through the movie, like no one knows who Jeremy Melton is. So like, yeah. he changed his name and like he was in a reformatory school. So it's like, you know, you don't know. Like, he, he would have no idea to get this year or he would have no way of getting this yearbook. So, in this montage, we get a. Uh, so we learned that Jeremy Melton looks a lot like uh, White Shroot from The Office. <laughs> um, and he, there's like a montage of him asking, like, uh, Kate and Shelly and Paige, like asking them to dance with him. Uh, it's a very weird situation where it's like they're forcing these. Like the school's forcing these eleven-year-olds to to dance with 
now. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. It just feels like... It's a very strange situation. Um, and, like, all the girls are, like, totally shutting him down. Like, the one girl says she'd rather be boiled alive than dance with him. And it's like, it's not the end of the world if, like, you know. I thought that her death scene was going to be boiled alive. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> would have made more sense um like i don't even, I, could, I couldn't even tell you what girl said that because they don't look like the adult versions of these actresses at all yeah i think i think it was Paige. Th that might explain why she got the most brutal death yeah she wasn't she in the hot tub yeah and that's where I thought, oh it's coming <laughs> And the, the the girl who set this plan all in motion for Jeremy to get sent to reformatory school like, got the most quick death and like just like nothing happened to her. She just got shot. Yeah. But um, that's we're getting way, way ahead of ourselves. So. So um, young Jeremy Melton introduces himself to this 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 fat girl that they say. <laughs> Named Dorothy, and this poor actress just—you know, she's fat girl in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they keep calling her that throughout the whole movie. So, like, I'm—I'm I'm not sure what this actress like turned out to be, or like, because mm -hmm. I can't find the child actors on IMDb. But, um, yeah, it's like they mentioned multiple times that she's just like the the fat girl in the movie. Yeah, she hopefully was... she didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... Oh, here it is. Kate Logie. So she doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Mm. Um, says she is known for Valentine and Cold Squad. And those were her only two appearances any type of film. Interesting. So, so who knows what she's up to nowadays? But um, <laughs> so there, there's it's really uncomfortable scene where you don't even show them dancing, or me and uh, Dorothy, and they just immediately cut to them like two kids hardcore making out under the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Jamie Blanks, did we really need to <laughs> like, show this hardcore tongue kissing between these two middle school children? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, these bullies see you know, the hanky-panky going on under the bleachers. And I have no idea how this even happens. Like, no one is chaperoning this school dance. Um... Yeah, apparently there's no adults to be found. Uh, he tells the bullies that she was that Jeremy attacked her, and so it's like a. I guess it was like an attempted rape situation. Mm -hmm. And these bullies start uh, beating him up. They rip his pants off and his shirt, so he's just getting beat up in his underwear. <laughs> 
there's there's no adults. Everyone just watching this go down. It's like such a bizarre uh, situation. Um, then it just cuts to thirteen years later. So, oh yeah, his nose bleeds often too. Oh yeah, because I think he gets like. I think he gets punched in the face or something, and his nose starts bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it does that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, so I don't know if we're, like, led to believe that these bullies did, like, permanent damage to him. <laughs> I guess so. They don't really... There's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that just goes unexplained. And it's like, we're just told, like, this is, this is the movie. <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we jumped to thirteen years later. It's. I- I'm glad they did thirteen with like the ages of these actors because they very well could have been, like, here's Davy or here's David <laughs> Boreanaz, as a thirty two year old in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like here's Denise Richard. She's thirty seven, but she's going to chemistry class. <laughs> um. They usually do that. So. We're dealing with a rare, uh, like mid twenties in uh, in slasher films. So, yeah, that was good. Almost unheard of. Uh, Black Christmas kind of did this because we had college students. But, All three of them. But, um. Yeah. Very rarely do we uh, we deal with mid twenties in slasher films. So. <clears throat> We we meet up with uh, with Shelly, and uh, she's on a, a terrible date with this guy named Jason. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh. It's like they're both kind of garbage people because she's like not really giving him a chance. But then it's like, why would you give this guy a chance? Yeah. Um. He's like creepy. Would you say? I can't even remember a thing he said. <laughs> um, there's a part where he, uh, like, sh- she's like ready to go, and she's like, "Yeah, this isn't working out. Can we just get the bill and leave?" And he goes through the bill and is like, "Okay, you ordered the chicken and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> and that- that's how he wants to split the bill." Yeah, and it's like if if you go out in a public setting. You gotta split that bill like fifty-fifty, or like if you know, like if I order something expensive, I'll be like, okay, well, I'll get the tip then. Like, yeah. Don't need to go like, oh, you owe twenty-two, and then I owe <laughs> seventeen, because it's like it's like, what are we doing? I mean, if you say split the bill, then they usually, well, nowadays they'll just do it based off of who ordered what themselves. Yeah. We usually don't go through. <laughs> yeah, but in, in this case, he's, he's, he's breaking down the bill to, to pay it that way. And he's on a date. Yeah. On a first, <laughs> on a first date, I believe. <laughs> so, um, like after they go to leave, he thinks that he deserves a kiss. And, you know, he, she's just like, no, we're not. We're not doing this. I don't. I don't like you. <laughs> and when she goes to leave, um, he immediately turns around, 
and gives this like awkward stare to this like random girl in the in the restaurant. And he says, he says, Jason loves your dress and winks. Um, <laughs> and it like, like every guy in this movie is just a, a piece of garbage. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll come to learn that as we as we go through the cast of characters, but it's it's very much like one of those movies where like every every character in the slasher movie is just walking piece of garbage pretty much um, yeah so i learned that uh that shelly works at the morgue uh doing autopsies um she she ends up hearing like a, a noise to uh that she goes to investigate and if if I'm working in a morgue and I hear like random noises, I'm just gonna go home. Yeah, I'll be like, um, somebody broke in. I have to go. <laughs> I I think this is after the date, so this has to be like yeah, ten o'clock or eleven or something. But um, imagine fitting in a terrible date on your work schedule, and you have to go to the morgue afterwards. That's another weird thing with this movie because it's like they'll just have like a a big gathering at at someone's house and then someone will be like, "Well, I'm going to go to work now." <laughs> and it's like it's like so you're you're fitting in like hanging out before you go to work. And it's like fitting in your work with your regular schedule <laughs> instead yeah. of the way around. So, I support it. Yeah, so she goes to investigate this noise. Uh, we learn it's just a uh, random student who uh, just delivers a, a quick jump scare, and then is like, "All right, movie, I'll see you later." And then never heard from again. Yeah, just never, never seen again. Um. So <clears throat> we learn that uh, Shelly has a Valentine in her locker. Um. Did you happen to keep notes on what all these valentines say? I have a description in front of me. Okay, I, ke- I kept notes on this one, but a couple of them I didn't because I just missed it, and then I was just... I didn't feel like making this, this movie last two hours, so I didn't go back. Yeah. <laughs> um, this valentine that Shelly gets says something like, I love grows for you as you bleed from your neck. And mm-hmm. like, you know, they just have like a, a rhyme and whatever, but th- that's how it ends. Yeah. And for some reason, it's this like very artistic card that is like very well made. He did a very good job with those cards. Yeah. Um, that's Angel for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Or I didn't heart. That's true. I didn't get a chance to mention this, but. Uh, David Boreanaz, I was like trying to place who he was because I was like, I know that face. Like I, I I'd never seen uh, Angel or Buffy, but mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I know that face. I just can't remember where it's from. But um, from greatness, that's what it's from. So I was on Letterboxd, <laughs> and Letterboxd only has like some TV shows on there, and they did the. They did not have Angel and Buffy on there, so it just has his list of fourteen movies, and I'm like, well, 
um, found out like a day later that he plays Angel. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, um, at some point Shelley mentions that the dead body that she has is named Chad. And he breathes. So she backs up into like a closet thing. And then uh, Chad's body falls down. So uh, somehow while all this is happening, the body that uh, just breathed is now gone. So like we're kind of hinting that this killer is like supernatural and can disappear like Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's like never it like never happens again. No. Um so she's walking around the the morgue with a knife. Um the the door where she came from is locked. Um there's only one exit now. Um He's like like the, the killer is like in the curtains and as she walks by the curtain, he grabs her. And she ends up stabbing him in the leg. And this is where we get our, our first look at the Cupid Killer. Which, um, hmm. I'm not sure if that's his, his name, but according to IMDB, that's what they keep calling him. Yeah, that works. Um, it's, it's kind of a cool look. Uh, it's also kind of generic. It's like... Yeah, that's alright. We're in a trench coat, like all black. We have a Cupid mask on, so it's not not terrible. Mm-mm. Um, the scene <clears throat> the scene kind of reminded me of um that scene in Halloween Resurrection where Michael Myers is chasing Laurie Strode down that long hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can we can suggest that um Halloween Resurrection was inspired by Valentine. So, oh, they come out. It was like a year later, and the scene was very similar. Um, so Shelley runs into her room with a a bunch of a uh, bunch of other dead bodies. She hides. Um, somehow, he's able to know that she went in that room. Not exactly sure how. I guess the other door was locked or something. Okay. Yeah, I just saw him walk in that room, so I didn't know why. Um, for some I like, reason, I like the scene, but then I also didn't because she was hiding in the body bag. But once he, she heard him stabbing them, she should have just ran. <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna get to you at some point. She's just waiting in there. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. He's he's walking through all these bodies and stabbing them, and I'm not exactly sure like how morgues operate, so I'm not sure what that tube coming from the body bag is. I don't know if it's just to like release air or any type of fluids or anything. 
Um, yeah, I'm assuming it was for draining fluid. But um, and he's stabbing all these dead bodies, and then he gets to Shelly's bag, <laughs> and somehow he knows that she's in there, and this is the one bag that he decides to just open. <laughs> I know he was opening them at first, and he's like, oh, this is taking too long, I'm just going to stab them. And then he got to the hers, and was like, I'm going to open this one too. Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't I recognize him opening I the guess, other ones. I guess there was nowhere else to hide, <laughs> so there she'd have to be in there. I mean, I, yeah, probably. I don't understand why she just didn't try to attack because there, there's a bunch of things you can use as a weapon in a morgue. Yeah, like I'm sure they got to cut bones and stuff, so there's probably like saws and. No. All types of stuff you could find in there. So, yeah, like we said, he gets to Shelly's bag, he opens it, and uh, c- cuts her throat. And uh, we, don't, we don't really see much blood in this movie. No. Um, I'm surprised that it has an R rating. I think it, it's, it's either one of those situations where the script is rated R, or the dialogue is rated Rated R. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and we, we see the blood like draining from that tube that uh, we mentioned that comes from the body bag. And then uh, the killer leaves the morgue. And uh, we cut to... Uh... No, I'm sorry. I was about to say we cut to the funeral, but we do not. We cut to uh, Kate and uh, Paige doing... <laughs> Doing some speed dating. Oh yeah. Um. For some reason, they don't call it speed dating; they call it turbo dating. So I don't know if that was like a, a trademark issue. Um. It also dates this movie in the early two thousands because I don't think speed dating is a is a thing anymore. No, they just have apps for all that now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, Paige is Denise Richards, and Kate is uh, one of the other blondes that <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, very uh, unrecognizable from the other two. Yeah. So there's a there's another montage of them speed dating, and they're just going through a bunch of like stereotypical terrible men. <laughs> <laughs> um. I noticed uh, that uh, Kate is talking to the last guy, and I don't remember his name, but um, Paige is, like, taking an interest in him. Brian? Brian, yeah. And uh, I didn't didn't write his name down because I didn't think he'd be in the movie again. And then he's... mention him. (laughs) Isn't he the guy who shows up at the party at the end? He might have been at the party. I can't remember. The the candle wax situation that goes oh, down. Yeah. I think that was him. But um, yeah, Paige is interested in uh, one of Kate's uh, speed daters, and uh, there's like a, a part where uh, Paige tells Kate that she used her thirty seconds and it was her turn now, and then and then uh, Paige gets a call on her phone. Or no, Kate gets a call on the phone. And it's about uh, Shelly's murder. And then 
immediately cuts to the funeral of Kate, or I'm sorry, of Shelley. And <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting all these characters mixed up. Um, yeah, it, it's like one of those funerals in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of people there. Um, that's when the characters all meet up. Yeah. Um, this Nightmare on Elm Street is like notorious for having a funeral scene. <laughs> yeah, they do it in almost every movie. Um, <clears throat> so for some reason, um. That's where we're introduced to Adam, and for some reason he decides that this funeral is a good time to uh, try to get back with Kate. Um, we learned that Adam had a uh, had an alcohol problem, and um, like it, I guess it led to issues in their relationship, and uh, it's like before they even put Shelley in the ground. It's like, all right, I gotta fix my relationship issues. Yeah, <laughs> and it's what Shelly would have wanted. <laughs> and not only that, but before she's in the ground, we meet Detective Vaughn, who is at—he's <laughs> at the funeral questioning people. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you can't meet these people anywhere else, or you can't like subpoena them into the police station or whatever to like try to get information from them. Yeah, because who wants to be questioned at a funeral about the murder? <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is that none of the characters seem, like, sad at this funeral. Because <laughs> um, Adam's trying to get back with his girlfriend, and Kate's, like, not having it. And then, like, everyone else is just talking, so it's like... Just... I guess they haven't seen her in a while. I think they do mention that. But you gotta at least put on a sad face at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we forgot to mention in the Valentine card that Shelley got, uh, the initials JM are are uh, on the val on the Valentine's card. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective Vaughn seems to think that it's. This guy named Jason Marquette, who we never meet, <laughs> but they just keep mentioning him. <laughs> like I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if it was a deleted scene or a scene that they never filmed or anything. But they mention this guy named Jason Marquette a ton of times, and like we just never see him. And and it, it, like at one point they even say that they arrested him and that he's at the police station. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up having to be let go. <laughs> and we and we still don't see him. I guess the movie didn't allow for it. I guess not. Maybe they didn't have the budget. But, um... Yeah, apparently... Uh, Jason Marquette went missing the night that... Uh... The night that Shelley was murdered, so... I guess that's why we think that, uh... He might be uh, J.M. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so Dorothy arrives home, and uh, she gets a Valentine's card. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you take notes on this one? Yeah. Well, I have the plot in front of me. Oh, go ahead. 
says roses are red, violets are blue. They'll need dental records to identify you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's kind of similar to the My Bloody Valentine uh poems that Ray Warden mm. kind of left for people. It's a very nice card though. Yeah, like I don't like this guy's in the wrong wrong business. Like he needs to be designing Valentine's cards. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh, Dor- Dorothy's boyfriend Camel shows up who is uh played by where is he? Daniel Cogsgrove. And he's mm-hmm. another one another one of these actors that looked very familiar to me. And not to be confused with Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah, maybe maybe they're related. <laughs> oh, you you know what? Uh, Daniel Cosgrove was uh, where's it at? Uh, he was on two hundred and seventy five episodes of Guiding Light, and I think that's where I know that I remembered him from. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, he was on 50 episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. Um, 50 episodes of As the World Turns. So he's a TV actor. 87 episodes of All My Children. 142 episodes of Days of Our Lives. So, Hey, those soap opera checks might be really good. Yeah, I think, I th- I think it, if you do 100 episodes, you get like some type of special uh like some type of special pay for for those um have you ever watched one with no context like a soap opera yeah no but we should one day just oh it happened very recently (laughs) because i was off work because of it was a snow day and uh, there were these two guys arguing about like how the business is cutthroat. I don't know what business they're talking about. <laughs> I think maybe they were act- he was an actor and it was his a manager or something. But he has a sword, the guy. And then his eyes turn yellow. And then he's like, "Well, I told you cutting throats is no problem of mine." <laughs> but <laughs> he was facing away from him so he didn't see his eyes glowing and all this stuff. But I have no idea what oh, happened. So it, was, it was like a vampire situation. Or like a demon or something. But I don't know what happened since. Because I only saw that one episode. And then, obviously, I usually work during that time. But I was okay. off because of the snow. When you said yellow eyes, I was thinking like maybe his liver went bad. Oh no, his eyes like glowing yellow. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we need to. <laughs> we, need to <laughs> we need to do a series on the podcast where we just talk about like we'll pick a random episode of like Guiding Light <laughs> and just do an episode on it and talk about it. We should. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, I I did look up a um, one of the cards from the original My Bloody Valentine. 
so we can kind of compare and contrast uh, uh -huh. Harry Warden and Jeremy Melton. So uh, Harry Warden's card said, roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. <laughs> so I think uh, Jeremy Melton might, uh, might be the better poet. Yeah. For some reason, that's the only Valentine's card I could find from my bloody Valentine, and I don't remember oh. too much else off the top of my head when it comes to uh, poetry of Harry Warden from that movie. So, so anyway. I love my bloody Valentine. Yeah, I want to rewatch it if I have time this year. Oh, I'll, just, I'll just rewatch it after Valentine's Day. I don't really care, but. <laughs> yeah. It, the original My Bloody Valentine is really good. So. I don't even remember it being that good the first time I saw it. I, I only seen it once last year, it was the first time. I've seen the remake multiple times, and I feel like it gets worse every time I see it. Like, I, yeah. I, put, I put it on the other day, and I didn't really pay attention to it. But for some reason, I remember Tom Atkins dying early in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up and we're like an hour and 15 minutes into the movie and Tom Atkins is still running around. Oh. So. I was about to say, you know a movie's bad when Tom Atkins isn't used to his full potential. But no, he, apparently he, he was. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the situation with Camel is that um, apparently his roommate did not pay rent so um they got kicked out and threw all of his belongings out and all of his money is invested in a startup which we don't really um never really learn what his startup is it's just a startup so yeah um <laughs> so i guess he has to stay at uh at dorothy's house and um you know, she's just like, for some reason, willing to just accept him into the house, even though they've been dating for a month. Yeah. Um, there, <clears throat> she just a comment later on in the movie when they were arguing about that. Her friends were yelling at her for letting him stay with her. Yeah, I, I, I think so. They're in the police station when that happens. I she think. said something about how. Well, you let <laughs> you let guys in your bed all the time. I just let him in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like um, it's probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned that apparently she doesn't even know his last name. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um, there's this weird scene with the um. So I guess Dorothy's dad married a younger woman who is pretty much the same age as Dorothy. Um, okay. and um, th they get in a fight and um, Dorothy calls her a um, male-ordered bride from hell which is uh, semi-racist, I think because <laughs> I, I think Not possibly I think she's kind of hinting that since she's like dif different ethnicity that she just got ordered to be like a sex toy for her dad. Yeah. Um, 
And it's really weird because uh like this girl is like very interested in Camel and like points out how attractive he is. <laughs> and you know, uh she starts like I think Dorothy says my sex life is none of your business and then stepmom is like like throws an insult like you have a sex life or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just really weird. So so um her dad comes downstairs and it's like it's like don't talk to my wife that way and then Dorothy like gets angry and just leaves and then we cut to the next scene <laughs> and then like that that's just never brought up again. Yeah. They just leave the movie as well. So <laughs> So Kate is Good. in her <laughs> Kate is in her apartment taking a shower. Um and I guess the water goes out so Oh, yeah, she had to rinse her hair in the toilet. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has a bunch of products in her hair. And the water's out. Um, I think we're supposed... I don't know if we're supposed to believe that uh, Jeremy Melton cut the water out. I would assume. This but, was the um, in the... So she... Uh, yeah, she dips her head in the toilet to get all the product out of her hair. And it's like... You could have used the water in the back of the toilet that's clean. And yeah. Not the water that's in the toilet bowl that is in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's not so clean. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, she gets a phone call and, like, this never happens again, but she gets a phone call and, like, no one's there. So they're, like, kind of hinting that it's going to be one of those movies where get harassing phone calls, but then I think that would have made the movie a little better. Yeah, we just don't get harassing phone calls. Um like we could have spoken where I'm on the phone too. Yeah. Like Yeah, he could have he could have been telling poems on the phone because he doesn't um like he he even stopped sending Valentine's cards. Yeah. So, I mean there was another one coming up. Yeah, there is. But um, before we get there, um, there's this part where the elevator door in the hallway is like not closing. So she goes to check it out. And for some reason, the Cupid mask is sitting in the elevator. (laughs) Like, yeah, stopping from closing. Apparently he has Cupid masks on standby. Yeah, because I think this one's broken. It's stuck Mm -hmm. in the door. And um, we meet this creep named Gary in the hallway. <laughs> the neighbor asking Kate for a date. Yeah, he, he talks in rhyme. Yeah. Said, I actually took notes of this. He says, you look great, Kate. How about a date, Kate? <laughs> and then <laughs> she says, you're scary, Gary, and then leaves. And then he yells down the hallway, this could be our fate, Kate. I hate and, it so much. And then he leaves the movie for a little bit. He he actually comes back, but I hate all of that so much. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh Paige and Lily are watching uh dating videos and it's like what year are we in? <laughs> they 
they're so desperate for a Valentine. <laughs> well, like, I don't understand because, like, you know, like Denise Richards and uh, I forget the other actress's name, like, they're not um, unattractive people. Yeah. Well, it's like they're obsessed with finding a Valentine, but also they're very picky and no guy is meeting their standard. Oh, yeah, I know people like that. They, they said something about him being Lance was really short. Okay, I understand now. So it's like, yeah, like they're dying for a Valentine, but it's like, has to be the right guy. It's not like yeah. we're not going to settle for just anybody. <laughs> Apparently, um, nobody has picked their radar. So. Well, this is when I got another um, Valentine gift from JM. Yeah, I think this is the last one. I but, think so. um, the chocolates yeah, on the doorstep. Yeah, someone leaves chocolates. Uh, do you have what this uh, what this card says? Yeah. I'll go ahead. This one says, "Tis a well-known fact that beauty is skin deep. Savor the taste. You are what you eat." And the the gift is a box of chocolates. So, yeah, if I'm getting a box of chocolates from somebody who mentions eating something, I'm probably going to inspect that box of chocolates. But Lily, decides <laughs> just take a bite, <laughs> and yes. the chocolates are full of maggots. And it's like, where did Jeremy Milton get these maggots from? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he just like this must have been premeditated for a while. That's another thing that I'm confused by because like he bought those Valentine that Valentine box last year. <laughs> so the the movie's called Valentine, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, what day are we on? Well, I know when we're on Valentine's Day, the night of the party. Because it's like when. We go to the art exhibit later on. We learned that uh, is it Lily that has to leave town or something for, uh-huh. and they're like, "Oh, she left town a week ago." <laughs> <laughs> so we have to be on like February fourth or something right now. Yeah, and like, so. like we had time for Shelly to die, and then have her funeral, and now we're here. So like, it has to be. I guess we just we just say the movie started on February first and just worked its way down. I guess so. <laughs> it might it might even be before that. Um. Yeah. So she eats the maggots and then like throws up. Luckily, she only ate one. Yeah. Not the whole thing. So so for some reason she's washing it down with orange juice, <laughs> which <laughs> that doesn't taste good. I mean, I like orange juice, but like, not with chocolate. Orange juice and chocolate and maggots? Like, no. Um, Yeah, so they're going over names of of like who JM could be. I forget the names that they throw out. Like, one of them is Jason Marquette, who is like who we think it could be. (laughs) It's a bunch of random names, and they. Jeremy Melton. Yeah, Paige is the one who mentions Jeremy Melton. And it's like, 
Jeremy Melton, that loser from sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a good thing you guys grew up over the past 13 years. <laughs> Although, I mean, as far as they know, Jeremy Melton did rape Dorothy. Or tried yeah. To. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I guess I understand. Now, this movie fooled me because I thought Paige was going to be the final girl. Yeah. For some reason, the one with the brown hair. Yeah, well, she's she was probably the most popular um, actress out of the out of the bunch at the time. Uh, yeah. Spe- speaking of, uh, Paige's full name is Paige Prescott, um, mm. which I think was an Easter egg for uh, for the screen movies, but a Sydney's long lost cousin. <laughs> well. If if you've seen Wild Things, then you would uh, you would hope that uh, they're not related. Oh. <laughs> what? But, um, they have like three ways and stuff in that movie. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so they're like Jeremy Melton. Nah, and then we just cut to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Lily's boyfriend Max is having a um, an art show. Um, so like every guy in this movie is just is just a creep because Max just oh yeah, this has... weird weird art show. Yeah, it's like. So the art show is like these long hallways of just like people licking their lips and blinking. It's like a big, <laughs> a big maze. It says a maze-like passageways with shifting portrayals of love. Yeah, and it'll just be like a guy licking his lips or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kate says it looks like a lingerie commercial. Yeah. Which, yeah. But uh, <laughs> then he... <laughs> Uh, Max gets on stage and he's like, "Every exactly what he says, but he's like, so what does Valentine's Day mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) He just goes on with this long Valentine's Day speech. And then he's like, all right, I want all the women on this side and all the men on this side. I guess the men have their... They have their own maze. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the men have their own maze and the women have their own, so... Um... It's funny, we don't even hear a lot of his speech because they start talking real loud during the speech. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of them mentions that they think that Jeremy Milton is messaging them and, or not messaging them, like stalking them or something. And they're like, well, that's funny you say that because you mentioned that earlier. And then it's like yeah. one of those things where the teacher notices students. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like one of those things where a teacher notices like students talking and yeah. just like like stops and just stares at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh Lily and Max start uh start getting it on in one of these mazes because <laughs> I guess people went through this maze. And then just left and went to drinking because, like, why would you want to look at all this stuff? Yeah. Um, and then we meet 
um, her name's Amy, who's just randomly thrown into the movie now. And... Oh, this sentence on the summary it says, Lily and Max start to make out in a quiet corner, but are interrupted by Max's assistant, Amy, looking to join in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really get that. <laughs> Well, th that's what it is, because she starts, like, unbuttoning her shirt. <laughs> and Max says that he invited Amy. So that's actually, that's actually what happens. Um, oh, so you he, say that. He did, he did not ask his, <laughs> his current girlfriend anything about the situation. And just no. invited his assistant to join. And she's awkwardly watching and starts taking her shirt off. And then Lily sees And then Lily sees it and she's like, Alright, what the heck is going on? So <laughs> Amy gets the hint like, oh, maybe Lily did not know about this. <laughs> so <laughs> she starts buttoning her shirt again and they get in a fight and um she ends up leaving and then Max yells at her, so does this mean you won't be my valentine? <laughs> yes, and then, it does. And then it just shows um, Lily trying to uh, trying to, to like leave the maze. And uh, she's being stalked by the Cupid killer. And uh, she gets shot by arrows, which uh, which, which is kind of what, because I saw the Scream Factory poster of this, mm -hmm. and I thought that that was going to be the the Cupid Killer's way of killing people is to just shoot them with arrows. Yeah, but it only happens once. Which makes sense because mm -hmm. Cupid and all that. Now I was actually kind of confused because they all went there as like a a group, mm -hmm. and then she gets killed here, and then they're like, "Oh, she left town." So were they not supposed to meet up after the maze? I don't know, cause and leave together, or she maybe she planned on staying there with her boyfriend. She mentions that she was going to L.A. Yeah. So I think that they probably just assumed she was leaving with her boyfriend. She's one of those things where, oh, after this I'm going to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> right after this art exhibit, I'm <laughs> getting right on the plane. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the. It's 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 probably my favorite kill in the movie, but she gets shot and she just falls down like <laughs> like ten flights of stairs into the dumpster. Yeah, the dumpster, the dumpster just closes on her, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just out of the movie because everyone never thinks, again. Everyone thinks she went to L.A. So, um, meanwhile, at this uh, this art exhibit. Uh, Camel is confronted by this other random girl who's randomly introduced to the movie named Ruthie. Who... There are a lot of characters. <laughs> it's just people that that come in out of nowhere. <laughs> is she the one that appeared again later? Yeah, she's at the party later on. Because for some reason, I don't even remember her early on in the movie. Ruthie shows up and uh, she mentions that she was uh, she was scammed by uh by camel apparently mm -hmm. created this website or he apparently created this website called bleedmedry.com which 
I'm trying to figure out what that website would be. <laughs> yeah. so, Maybe it's like albinoblacksheep.com. Maybe. <laughs> so, what a throwback. Uh, yeah. So, Kate and Adam are, are uh, sitting at the bar. Um, she orders um, like a, she, she orders an alcoholic drink. Then he's like, I'll have a club soda because he, um, he's recovering. Yeah. I don't know why she would and like want to sit at a bar with him if that's the case. Yeah. But like she did change her drink to a club soda, so that's good. Yeah. Which I've since found out is like some type of carbonated water. We were talking about that before the recording cut off, but <laughs> <laughs> um I wonder if it's so, good. I actually have a carbonated water here, but it's flavored, so not sure if just regular carbonated <laughs> water would be good. Yeah, I think it's different. Than that, I think it's like it'll still give you the illusion of alcohol. Okay, yeah, maybe it's like a white claw, but an alcoholic or something. Yeah, if you know what a <laughs> what a club soda is, let us know. I'm not sure anyway, about it. <laughs> okay. oh, I said I think I'm gonna buy one. Tomorrow. <laughs> so, so they're trying to fix things and don't really get anywhere. And it just cuts to Kate, Paige, and Dorothy being <laughs> interrogated by Detective Vaughn next morning. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Lily is out of town. And L- Lily's on her way to LA, I guess, is what they think. Um, She's dead. <laughs> So Shelly's parents got a card in the mail that says too bad, so sad. And um, it's actually from Jeremy Melton. Mm-hmm. So Detective Vaughn is like, you thought it was Jeremy Melton, why didn't you say anything? Because we've been looking into Jason Marquette. And they're like, well, you know, we... I thought it was a joke, or the chocolates were a joke. Like, we didn't really think it was him. It was just something that was, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the the detective seems to... Uh, I guess he kind of goes back to looking into Jason Marquette, because he's like, well, it's probably not him, because we haven't been looking into him. Yeah. Very, very weird thing. But, um... <laughs> and uh, um, so uh, Dorothy and uh, Kate are um, they're dismissed from the police station, and Dorothy finally admits that uh, she lied to uh, she, yeah she lied to everyone about Jeremy uh, raping her or attacking her and was like got him sent to reformatory school for no reason. <laughs> I was just embarrassed to be caught in the bleachers with him. Um, oh, how terrible! <laughs> trying to trying to think—is this the part where Detective Vaughn makes that random move? Um, I guess a little bit later on. Okay. Um. 
so so Kate is trying to research uh, Jeremy Milton. Uh, for some reason, Adam grabs her from behind for a jump scare. And though friend was just murdered, so why are you trying to scare <laughs> people? Always happens in horror movies. It never fails. Yeah. Um. So, so they go out for dinner, and um, they come back to the apartment. He refuses and says something like, "If I go up there, I'm gonna regret it, or whatever, or I don't want you to regret it." So, he doesn't want to do something he regrets. That's interesting. <laughs> and this is this is the first time that they kind of like hint that Adam might be the one that's that's shady. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So, like, nothing really happens here. Um, Adam just refuses to go to, to her apartment. Uh, we cut to, cut back to Detective Vaughn's office, as he was doing research on Jeremy uh, Melton. Um find out that Jeremy Melton's parents died in a fire. Um, but they don't know like he was in a mental hospital in a juvenile hall. Yeah. So he was oh, he's been all over. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think one of them mentions like was he involved in the fire? And they're like, well, as far as we know he wasn't, but you know, who really knows? Um so have this like sixth grade photo of Jeremy Melton and they're trying to like each progress it but like mm-hmm. Detective Vaughn's giving him like these different kinds of uh, possibilities like he might have a goatee he might have long hair might have spiky hair who knows yeah it's just something about he may have had plastic surgery so he might not look like this yeah. Kate's like, well, do you have any recent pictures of him? <laughs> Detective Vaughn is like, we wouldn't be doing this if <laughs> if we had we had any recent pictures of him. Um So Detective Vaughn is f- for some reason he asks all the girls about their current boyfriends. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, uh, Dorothy says that she's uh, dating this guy named Camel, and th- this is where she says that she doesn't know his last name. <laughs> he gets offended that it might that they think that it could be Camel. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when they get into the argument over who's more careless with men. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and and they're like, "Well, what's Camel's last name?" She's like, you know what? I don't need to put up with this. And she just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah, this is when the detective gets creepy for no reason. It's so it's so random and so crazy. They just it's one of those offices where it's just like a cubicle, but you can also see side mm-hmm. of it. So everyone can see what's going on here. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he, he had page to stay behind. Yeah. He's like, so what are we going to do about this? <laughs> she, she's like, about what? And he's like, sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just so random. And there is no sexual tension. 
it's so random. It doesn't go anywhere. There's like no hints at it beforehand. No. And nothing happens after that. It's like they just threw it in. He should have been taken off the case after this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah. So she just leaves. Whatever. (laughs) It's it's just so random and. I was cracking up because it's just so stupid. Um, yeah, so uh, we cut to Kate's apartment, and the Cupid Killer is actually in her apartment. Um, for some reason, Kate has a tendency of leaving her iron on, which um, yeah, is like a problem because. And I guess her door's unlocked too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Cupid Killer ends up finding Gary from earlier, going through her underwear drawer. He's like, he, he says something like, go easy on me, I'm not well, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, the Cupid Killer ends up like hitting him with the iron or whatever, and irons his face and kills him, so. Um, <clears throat> finally got rid of him. Yeah, it's just like two creepy guys in a row just randomly thrown in here doing creepy things. Um, yeah, the movie has good death scenes. Hmm. Yeah, they're actually pretty good. I'm surprised. We'll give it um, credit where it's due. Hmm. Most of them are unique, too. Yeah. This is actually the original um, Negan thing where he <laughs> puts the iron to people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> so... So they watched it on the Walking Dead writers. Watch this too, apparently. <laughs> uh, so uh, Adam shows up to Kate's apartment, um, which we later find out that he would uh, actually never leave, and he was just there to begin with. Um, he tells Kate that he was questioned by police, and um, that they kind of exchange Valentine's gifts. Um, he gives her like a lollipop, and. She gives him an IOU for later. <laughs> this IOU, IOU TLC. So uh, mm. when when Kate goes up to her apartment, she notices that the iron is moved. I can't believe she's going to have a TLC match with him later. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> what a Valentine's Day gift that would be. Tables, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Paige is actually in her apartment for some reason because we're just showing up whenever we want now um, while, they're, while, while they're at the house they get a call from Dorothy Dorothy tells them that Camel was told to not leave town by the police and it's, it's this funny scene don't where anywhere alone. what'd you say? They're not supposed to go anywhere alone. Yeah. Um, uh, Paige tells uh, Dorothy to make it up to him <laughs> and then hangs up. Then they get a phone call right after that. And Paige says something like, um, do I need to give you instructions? <laughs> and it's actually <laughs> Detective Vaughn on the phone. <laughs> um, it, it's really weird. So off screen... They arrested Jason Marquette, <laughs> and 
they're like, we, we got Jason Marquette. Um, like he's the killer. We're gonna, you know, whatever. Um, then we just proceed to, to like not see him. We don't even see an actor playing Jason Marquette. We're just told that they arrested him. Yeah, no one, no one knows who that is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Apparently they do, but yeah. The viewers are left in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Um. Should have just thrown in like a quick three-minute scene or something of Jason Marquette. Yeah. Like doing something weird. He might be the killer or whatever. Um. Yeah, so uh, we're back at Dorothy's house. Um, her and Camel proceed to do some uh, panky panky. <laughs> the, the the music is so awkward in this scene. <laughs> like awkwardly kicks in, then yeah. Yes, they just have like had sex or something because um, he like. I think she goes to take a shower right afterwards. And right after that, the um, there's a scene of uh, Camel trying to talk to the bank about all the money Dorothy's father's account is supposed to go to his account. Mm-hmm. And For some they're, reason. <laughs> they're doing like the security question thing where it's like, you want me to to drain forty million dollars? Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> they go through the security questions and whatever. Um, I think they get to the third one, and he doesn't know it, but like he knows the the other's maiden name and all that stuff. But they ask him another mm-hmm. one, and then he like gets offended and just hangs up. Um, then Dorothy, uh leaves a like I guess they have like a like a speaker system in the house and all the hot water is out in the house so she asked Camel <laughs> to go fix the pilot light. Hot water in this town just doesn't last. <laughs> or yeah. water in general. And he's like, well I guess I'm on the staff now. So uh, dur- during all this stuff he's being um Locked by the Cupid Killer. Um, there's actually some cool shots here where they're kind of playing with the light, where um, the Cupid Killer can be seen in certain lights behind him, and then he and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he gets an axe to the back, a, a very lackluster death, but um, yeah, dies instantly. Yeah, it's just you know, under there, and then it's not. Um, so uh, this part's very weird because uh, Dorothy's throwing a Valentine's Day party at her mansion <laughs> and I don't know, tweet us if you have but Valentine's Day parties exist because I've never heard of like big Valentine's Day bash unless we're talking about like, my bloody Valentine <laughs> yeah they did it in that movie too. And in these horror movies, they just go all out for Valentine's Day. But, um, that'd be a good idea. 
I mean, I've never heard of people doing it because Valentine's Day is kind of like a more personal holiday. Yeah. But like in these movies, they just make it like a big public event. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's um, for single people. I think that, but um, Dorothy is clearly in a relationship and she's the one throwing the party. Um, so hmm. anyway, at the party, um, Camel's just not there anymore, so she thinks that she's been dumped. Um, and this is where Brian from the speed dating earlier shows up, so he got an entry <laughs> to this party. And um, there's a scene where um, Adam and Kate appear to be uh, getting it on, so. Yeah. Just starting to heat up with this Valentine's Day party. A little tiny bit. <laughs> so they're dancing, and uh, Brian... Brian and Paige are kind of like hanging out and dancing together. And Brian tells her that he has a surprise for her upstairs and that they need to go upstairs. So it's a very weird scene where he takes her upstairs and his big surprise was to just uh, show her his penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he what tells her... He tells her to wax it, which um, I mean uh, multiple things. But, yeah, um, she actually does wax it because for some reason <laughs> they they draw it out. So uh, Paige like ties him up and blindfolds him, and he's like, "I knew you were kinky." And <laughs> then she gets the wax from the candle and just pours it on him. <laughs> And then leaves. Yeah, and he's just screaming. I don't remember if he has a kill scene. I think we see him ever again. He's yeah. He he gets can candle wax on him, then he's just out of the movie. Um, I'm just gonna assume he was killed off screen because the maid was eventually killed off screen too. So the Cupid killer is going around the house killing people. So yeah. Um. I was expecting a good death scene with the candles. Yeah, they they should have did something. There's just a lot of stuff that goes nowhere, and then it just not talked about again. And I think that comes from having four screenplay writers on this trying to combine yeah. four different scripts into one. But um, so anyway, uh, Ruthie shows up to the party again. Uh, somehow she got an invite. Even though she hates Campbell. Like she crashed the party. I don't exactly. know how she even knew. I think she just crashed it. I don't think she was even invited. Maybe. Because they tried to throw her out. She's like, I just wanted to show up to tell Camel he's a big jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she sees um, that Dorothy's wearing a Cupid necklace. We forgot to mention earlier that Camel gave her a necklace after they had some hanky-panky. Mm-hmm. And we learned that uh, Camel stole jewelry from Ruthie and gave the uh, necklace to Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ruthie's kind of just walking around the house for some reason, even though she was kicked out. Yeah. And she's in what IMDb calls a billiard room. And 
she just accidentally stumbles upon the killer killing the maid. It's like, what did the maid do? <laughs> Guess... the, maid is... <laughs> the maid is not on your list of people. No. Maybe she just caught him wandering. Probably, because uh, he has to kill Ruthie, too. So, Yeah. Kind of like they realized at the end of the movie they didn't have as many kills as they wanted, so they just kind of threw some extra <laughs> ones in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Max was flirting with Kate before this. Ooh. And then that's when they all find out that Lily didn't make it to L.A. And she's oh, yeah. But instead of being concerned, he just flirts with one of her friends instead. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's weird because... I knew we're going. You you were supposed to be going to L.A. Like we were at a party, and <laughs> I was like, "Hey, yes, uh, Stephen was supposed to be in L.A. last week, and he never made it." Now I think that's uh, of a cause for concern. Like maybe we yeah. should, maybe we should stop the party and investigate. <laughs> but um, that's not what they do here. <laughs> not at all. Um. Yeah, so they're they're aware of the situation, but no one does anything about it. Um, uh, Ruthie's like running around the house, and I guess she hides in a, a sauna. And yeah, uh, somehow she's crawling through the, this sauna. I'm not even sure how this thing is built because it's really weird. Yeah, I don't know how she ended up under the floorboards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she ends up finding Camel's dead body. And I don't even know why we're following Ruthie so much. It's just like she's she just gets her own chase scene and everything. Just yeah, because they didn't have enough kill scenes, so now we have to follow her around for a little bit. Um, she finally gets attacked and thrown into a, a shower, and uh, gets stabbed in the neck by one of the glass shards, and then she's killed off. Um. That might have been my favorite death scene. That and the hot tub. I like the arrows, too. Yeah. So, uh, Vaughn calls uh, Kate to tell her that they had to let Jason Marquette go because they had no evidence against him. And he's on his way to the party. We still don't know who Jason Marquette is, but, but yeah, uh, Detective Vaughn is on the way to the party to kind of make sure everything runs smoothly. You know, he should be taken off the case. Yeah. Um, then we learn that uh, Adam has started drinking again. And um, kind of play it as he's drunk, but he's also like like a murderous person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because because Kate ends up like running away and tells him to get away because like I guess they had off screen issues prior this uh, this thing so he gets really angry um, for some reason it is seen a page taking a dip in the hot tub <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile um, no one is investigating the fact that Lily is. Uh, not in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they told her yet, because she's in the hot tub. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she kind of just left and 
just kind of done with it. Yeah. But, um, there's a cool shot of the Cupid mask through the window of the, uh, of the door. Um, Paige is, like, drinking wine, and, um, the, her wine glass, like, disappears and is replaced with a rose. So this is actually the second time that they kind of hint supernatural events going on, but... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she doesn't really find it strange. She just asks, like, oh, does someone want to be my valentine? Because <laughs> um, yeah, she's but... one of the ones that was obsessed with finding a valentine. Yeah. Never found one. So, <clears throat> the killer uh, ends up throwing her in the hot tub and locks the lid. Um, it's really cool, because um, it's like a see-through lid, so She's like, yeah. she like keeps coming up for air, and he has like this massive drill, and is like trying to stab her, but like she's avoiding it. it it's a really, really cool. Yeah. Um. He ends up like getting her shoulder or something, and then he's just like, "All right, this is too much work," and he just throws <laughs> the drill, the drill in in the hot tub, and is just just electrocutes her, and she dies. Yeah, I like that scene. But now the party's over because the power went out. So we have to get (laughs) rid of all the extras. Yeah, it's it's like one of those cliches where the power just... Aww. And everyone leaves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So everyone who's not the main character, or who's not the group of main characters, leaves the party. (laughs) As usual, <laughs> it's kind of like, kind of like in uh, the new Scream movie where everyone gets kicked out of the party except for the main cast. Yeah, they still do that in all these movies. <laughs> um, that's how you know this movie is really a Scream ripoff because they just go to that, like the end of the movie is a big party. Yeah, and then everybody has to leave except for the main cast for the final reveal. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Kate and Dorothy are talking about who might be the killer. Uh, Dorothy thinks that Adam might be the killer. And then Kate's offended and she's like, oh, well, it could be Camel. Kind of like debating back and forth. Yeah. Um, And this is the first time we get anything like this in the whole movie. But Dorothy accuses Kate of being jealous because she's a fat she's a fat girl with an attractive boyfriend. Yeah, and like this actress that plays Kate, um, or that plays uh, Dorothy, uh, Jessica Capshaw, she's not really fat, <laughs> like at no. all. No. And um, Dorothy, she, she was gives... always the fat one, and she's very offended. And she's not, she's not fat. <laughs> no. Uh, Dorothy gives a nice screw all of you before she leaves. Um, and Kate's kind of wandering by herself. <laughs> she she decides to call Detective Vaughn to see what he's up to. Uh, he doesn't answer, but she hears his phone ringing. And um, she like tracks it down and it's in a pond. And um, and she it, finds his head floating in there. 
Yeah, he got killed off screen, his head was cut off. And she also finds the IOU slip from uh from her boyfriend, so Yeah. It's funny because I thought that it was a mask that she found at first. Yeah, I wouldn't it's... have known I wouldn't have known it was a decapitated head if I didn't read it on IMDB. Yeah. So uh, it's like the very uh, anticlimactic climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a scream from inside the house. Um, she's walking through the house, and um, she runs into Adam. He's like creeping behind her. So he's like really drunk, and he asks Kate for a slow dance. He's like kind of justifying drinking because it's a Valentine's Day party, and yeah. like, what's a few drinks gonna hurt? Um, so he asked her for a slow dance, and they're, like, awkwardly slow dancing. And this is where we think, I think we're supposed to think that Adam is the killer at this point, because he's kind of, like, out of his mind. Yeah, and he asked for a dance, I was like, oh yeah, that's, um, that's him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a bad attempt at... Uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, because mm-hmm. uh, she she kills him in the groin and runs away, and then he finds her. And there's even a scene where he's like uh, chasing her down or chasing her up or down the steps. I can't remember which one, but yeah, it's it's very much like uh, Jack Nicholson chasing uh, Shelley Duvall up the steps as yeah. kind of talking to each other. Um, so she runs through the house and she does find Paige and Ruthie's bodies, so she also finds a gun and uh, instead of leaving the house she just wanders around with the gun to to try to (laughs) wait for herself, I guess, I don't know I guess so Um, so yeah, it's very climactic and it's like you could very easily miss it but uh, she, she's she's at like the top of the steps. She gets attacked by the killer, and they fall down the steps. And um, the the killer like sits up Michael Myers style, <laughs> and then uh, Adam just shoots the killer like six times in the chest or whatever. And, six times. <laughs> so, yeah. So that. That's supposed to be our big reveal that, oh, it's not Adam. And then um, Kate is, like, apologizing. And Adam goes to take the mask off, and it's Dorothy. We're supposed to believe that Dorothy's the killer. I was so annoyed with that scene because Kate was, like, telling him not to take the mask off. Why would you not want to know who it is? Yeah, the, the, person's <laughs> clear, the person's clearly dead, so. Yeah, so we need to see who it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's Dorothy under the mask. Um, we're supposed to believe that Dorothy's the killer. Um, but plot twist again. We've uh, Kate and Adam are talking outside. And um, they're talking about how, like, you know, Dorothy was happy, so I don't know why she would do this. And 
think they mentioned like, oh, well, she was scarred from being bullied and everything, and that never yeah, went she away. Yes, was lonely and angry. And then, uh, and plot she twist. has so much resentment. <laughs> and then the big plot twist: Adam's nose starts bleeding, and it drips on Kate, and it it like hands up to Adam's face, and um, movie ends. So. It was kind of like poetic justice because Dorothy blamed him and said that he assaulted her. And he just got away with committing murders and framing the person that framed him all those years ago. But it doesn't really make sense because (laughs) Dorothy was under the mask and literally attacked him. So, or, or, I mean, attacked Kate. So, I don't know. I unless it was one of those things where maybe he like put the outfit on Dorothy and I don't know. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like once again Halloween Resurrection where I've seen in a couple movies where the person like can't talk under the mask for some reason. <clears throat> Funny enough that was supposed to be I mean, it, it happened in Halloween Resurrection, where at the, end yeah. of H, at the end of H2O, Michael Myers crushed the guy's throat so he couldn't talk. Yeah. And he attacked this fat guy. <laughs> mm. For some reason, the guy continued to attack Laurie Strode and chase after her. <laughs> but um, and uh, in Halloween Returns, the script for the movie that they never made... Um, at the end of it, My- Michael Myers was supposed to like cut cop's tongue out or something and put the mask on him and push him out. To the yeah. They were supposed to shoot the wrong guy and then Michael Myers would be gone. But yeah. Um, I don't think it works here. Because <laughs> Dorothy, yeah. Dorothy literally attacked Kate. So it makes no sense as to why this would happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Unless she couldn't see because it was dark. But then she also has a mask on. All she had to do was take the mask off and be like, it's not me. <laughs> like, oh my god, Adam just put this mask on me. <laughs> <laughs> had me run around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It makes no sense, but... um. I mean, overall, I I do recommend it because I think it's just a fun, fun slasher movie. And yeah. slasher movies are my favorite kind of horror movie. So, mm-hmm. um, even same. And I don't want to say I'll enjoy any of them, but you know, like <laughs> a good amount of them. It's just a one and done movie where like there's no sequels or anything. Um, yeah, it's like you know. Like, it, it didn't spawn a franchise. It just, like, harmless, stupid fun. Yeah. Um, I, I would recommend it for um, Valentine's Day. Like around that season. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. It's a great horror movie. Yeah. Um, yeah so, is, do you think it's better than My Bloody Valentine? No. No, I don't either. Um... We did we did my bloody Valentine last year, so I'll check it Maybe out. Maybe the remake, but not the original. 
probably tie it with the remake, but the original I think is very a very good horror movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie is decent, so I can see myself rewatching it in February. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not every year, but you know, <laughs> every so often. Um. Yeah. Like, I think this summer I I want to do. Um. I know what you did last summer because I'd like to revisit like those those scream ripoffs and see what's going on. I with re- them. I revisited that movie last year or the year before I don't even remember the last time I seen it I saw it at the drive-in because they were showing it with that movie Rental oh okay yeah I, I did not like the movie Rental so the Rental what a terrible double feature <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but yeah that was Valentine uh, directed by Jamie Blanks um yeah it's a decent movie Mm-hmm. So, um... It has, its, it has its issues, obviously, but I like it. Overall. Yeah. Um, do you want to jump into our uh, recommendations for the week before we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. All right. What do you have to recommend? Well, I haven't really seen anything new at all. No. <laughs> so you don't have anything? <laughs> the only thing I've really seen this week was Cobra Kai and You. <laughs> okay. Because I finished both of those. Yeah, you have recommended Cobra Kai before. so Yeah, a couple times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a it's a Karate Kid prequel or a sequel, I think. Yeah. So, and you is about this guy that falls in love, well, falls in lust with people and obsesses over them and like stalks them. Oh, okay. I think they're both on Netflix, aren't they? Yeah. Um, since you did two, I'll do two as well. I've been watching Peacemaker, which is on HBO Max. Um, I did watch the first episode. I like it. I'm all caught up. Six episodes, six and seven are great. Um, my favorite so far, and the season finale is coming out next week. So. Mm. And uh, I'd recommend the movie uh, Red Rocket, directed by Sean Baker, which I watched last night. Um, it uh, it's it's like. Two hours and ten minutes, so it does kind of drag. That's an A twenty four film. Um, it's about this forty uh, eight year old porn star who moves back home with his wife and her mother, and uh, he falls for this seventeen uh, year old waitress at a donut shop, mm. and um, the whole lot of. Uh, Wait, this has to be illegal because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's 17 years old, so he's pretty much like grooming her. Um, I mean, it, it's not like pro grooming or anything, it's like look at this piece of garbage grooming this child, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very good movie. Um, 
it probably would have been well it would have it would have been on my list of, of the favorite my, of our favorite movies of 2021 but i did not see it when we did that episode so, uh, um i don't know i don't know if it's really the same so far i don't know if it would have cracked the top 10 but it would have been close um what else did i see since then i don't think i've seen anything else but, yeah it's uh, Red Rocket. They just put it on video uh, on demand. So oh, okay. it's like, I think it's like $15 to rent it. But <laughs> yeah, disgusting. But um, yeah, so I think that's all I got for this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I do notice whenever we do a slasher movie, the episodes seem to go longer than usual. Yeah. <laughs> but um Um so what are we doing uh next weekend speaking of slashers? Oh no. We're talking about <laughs> the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. It's it's a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, titled Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so there we um, did. Yeah, now we'll get into. The, we'll, I want to talk about the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre timeline in the next episode because yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> it, it's bizarre because like every movie is a annoying. <laughs> every every movie except for the two remakes is a sequel to the original movie, and then Leatherface was a prequel to the original movie. But maybe I'll watch that one finally. It's not good, but I have not seen it. I mean that that would be the timeline would be Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then the new one. Like that's the current timeline right now. Okay. So I don't I think, think it's that, not on anything. I mean, you can kind of watch Leatherface like by itself and it just its own movie. Yeah, because it's just figuring out who Leatherface is. And then, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't really mean anything going forward. But oh, okay. So I, I guess technically it's not part of the timeline. You could also like make an argument that it is the, the current timeline because mm-hmm. it is a prequel to the original one. So I guess it goes in all of the timelines. Now I will say that I was really excited for the new one, mm-hmm. and then I saw the trailer. I was like, this movie looks like a hot mess and it doesn't look like anything. It's like part a ripoff of the 2018 Halloween movie. Yeah. And then part garbage. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um. Yeah, so next week we'll be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll dig into the, the timeline and everything. Um. Other than that, um, you could follow us on the social medias. Uh, on Instagram, we are at Santa Mira After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santa Mira AD Pod. Then uh, through there, you can find our personal social media accounts. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. 
curfew. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Curfew is now in session. <laughs> <laughs>